Have you seen that video of Ryan Gosling when he's yelling about this? No, you've told me about this. I have. I. You know what? I'm gonna watch it right now. I'm gonna watch it right now. Because <laughs> basically, that what he says is my also my opinion. <laughs> he is so upset. Yeah, for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Anna Bogutska. And I'm Clarice Lockery. And this is The Next Supremes, an American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. Except actually today we're not rewatching anything. We're watching yeah, a fresh... Witnessing for the very <laughs> first time <laughs> the new spin off series, American Horror Stories, plural. There's more than one. I mean, this is going to get complicated perhaps, but American Horror Stories. And the first two episodes, a two parter story called Rubber Woman, were released on Hulu this past week, and we watched them both. Just pretend we're in America. Yes. Don't we're... ask no questions. We're in America. I'm in. I'm... About how we watched it. <laughs> I'm in London, Utah, right now. What are you talking about? London, Utah. <laughs> I'm in Brighton, New England. <laughs> so, what did you expect from this? Because the, the trailers were released very close to the release of the actual series, but the spin-off itself had been announced uh, a while back. Did you have any particular expectations of it? Well, it's interesting because I feel like the trailers really went heavy on these first two episodes mm-hmm. and were, and kind of were like, okay, and other stuff happens as well. But mainly, you know, oh my God, we're returning to Murder House. Which I will personally say, like, I understand, I understand why they did it, because, like, you gotta hook the fans back in with mm-hmm. something familiar, and everyone's such a huge fan of the Murder House season. But, like, for me, I don't know, like, I, we've had a lot of Murder House, <laughs> and I feel like I'm kind of not that interested in going back, because, um, I mean, not to go straight into what I thought of it. Mm. But, like, I like this episode, but I feel like at the same time it was like, okay, we're kind of doing the same, it's kind of the same thing over and over again, because that's the point of the murder house, is that it's a cycle of violence. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm more ex- I'm more excited about what's what we're going to do next week, because now then we're going to go into completely new territory, presumably, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. Presumably, hopefully. I can't even remember what the other episodes are. Was there something about snakes? Uh, I think they're, they've announced the, the synopsis for the next episode. So for episode three, which is going to be about a, a screening that goes wrong, which already I love. I love horror set in cinemas or in screenings. <laughs> I'm very, very, very pumped. But I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think this is a smart move to tap into an image. So the rubber man, in this case, rubber woman, which was one of the 
the kind of very easily recognizable, quite effortlessly creepy images from the marketing and the season of Murder House, like way, way, way back when, um, 10 years ago when American Horror Story first started. So kind of bringing that, trying to replicate that again, trying to both tap into the familiar imagery that fans will recognize, but also that perhaps just casual viewers or people who gave up on American Horror Story um, after the first couple of seasons perhaps would be like, oh, this this looks creepy. This looks, you know, self-contained. So it's not that much effort to watch one episode, two episodes, and that's the story that you're getting. You don't have to commit to a full season. Um, so I think it's a kind. it was pitched as a kind of reconciliation but I, I kind of agree with you. Like, for me, I'm I'm kind of okay with No More Murder House. Like, I would love it to expand in wider directions as opposed to going back to the same places. But I see why they would do that with the first, with the opening episodes. Because it's familiar territory. It's it's like familiar IP, basically, and familiar imagery. Yeah, it's interesting you said about the like conciliatory aspect of it because there's always been this this argument that people have that obviously people who listen to this podcast know that we don't agree with <laughs> that oh you know American Horror Story wasn't as good as it was at the beginning mm-hmm. because it's not scary anymore mm-hmm. and I feel like you know starting this new show with I will say I feel like these two episodes do play out more like straight horror in certain passages feel like a way of going oh come on it's the old american horror story that you know and love it's no sign of lady gaga don't worry it's just (laughs) horror (laughs) you know (laughs) yes and and actually on that note did you find these episodes scary I don't, I, I feel like, again, no, because, like, we know the murder house. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's not we've got, got the any keys. more surprises <laughs> for us. You know, we've seen so many shots of someone looking at something and then we look behind them and, oh, boo, it's the rubber man. Mm. I feel like that's gone past the point of me being scared by that. Also, because we spent so much time making fun of it. <laughs> it's kind of hard to be scared by him now. I don't, did you? No. I mean, Clarice, I'm like dead inside. Very few things can scare me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I think you're very right. I think the it was kind of like a little nostalgic trip to, or kind of like, um, a haunted house tour a murder house tour should i say yes but it's i didn't find it scary for reasons beyond that my favorite kind of scary is creepy and i didn't find it creepy and i think part of the reason behind that was a i didn't really connect with the characters and the way that the actors were playing them so i didn't really care about what happened to them and and we can talk about that a, a bit more in depth later. And I also, just stylistically, I thought it was too bright. You know what I mean? Like, I love a daylight horror, but I think it takes um, a very special direction to make a daylight horror work. And this felt a little bit like it was essentially advertising the murder house as a real estate property rather than 
trying to create spooky or creepy scenarios. Does that make sense? I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how Murder House was shot now and how this one was. And I kind of see what you mean. It's it's sort of that whole trend that's happening in like digital photography, right? It's sort of like the like the Marvel thing mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's it's a flattening of yes. lights and shadows. And I don't think it's a huge difference between Murder House and this episode, but I I feel like I know what you mean. Mm. That, yeah, there's less there's less contrast. Everything's sort of like a little bit flattened out, and it it looks nice, but it's not quite as atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think atmospheric is the right word. That's the thing that it lacked for me. It's kind of atmosphere. So shall we get into? Our actual thoughts about American Horror Stories. Yes. Overall, what did you make of this this first story, Rubber Woman? I liked it, but I'm not obsessed. <laughs> I like that qualifier. <laughs> Please expand. Um. Yeah, I think it's kind of just what I said before. Like, mm. I I don't think this. I don't think these two episodes really push the murder house idea enough that it didn't just feel like we're back in the murder house Ooh, the Mm. rubber suit there's a little bit of interesting stuff that i'm sure we can get into with like the idea of uh, like porn and sexuality Mm -hmm. and what does that mean and trauma and like because that's you know very still a very heated discussion at the moment that was kind of interesting but I think more the horror aspect of it. I don't know. There, there wasn't a lot of, of horror stuff to it outside of, of the Rubber Man. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely want to talk about the way that um, it uses essentially sexuality or like a spectrum of sexuality as a source of horror, which... I'm not sure it's their intention, but I find a little bit iffy. And one thing that I found kind of interesting, I was curious to see what they would do with it, is the use of the rubber man, you know, the the rubber woman, this figure that was, like I mentioned before, so very used in the marketing and the positioning of Murder House and was a very scary figure. And the reveal of who was the rubber man was like the big thing in the first season. Here, I'm just thinking, the actual gimp suit is not scary. And I thought they were going into something quite interesting about the way that Scarlet, the the main, the lead teenage girl, like, put on the suit and found that quite empowering and, like, saw herself in this whole different light. And, like, perhaps it would be, like, connecting her, exploring her sexuality and have boundaries with, like, the the baggage that that suit has both in in the real world uh with the baggage that bdsm has in culture and also within the world of american horror story um and they don't quite do that it was more like gimp suit creepy also kind of hot but let's make it creepy but also kind of hot right kind of hot right yeah 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 let's see a teenage girl in a gimp suit murder a bunch of people yeah 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 that's as that's as deep as it went so I don't think there's a particular source of horror 
in in this first story. I'm a bit like I don't know what I'm supposed to be scared of because all the all the ghosts in the murder house. It's mostly now squabbling. It's like a bunch of clowns in a teeny tiny car. <laughs> too many chefs. Yes, yes. Too many. Too many cooks. Too many. Too, too many, many cooks. cooks. Too many cooks. Too many Sorry, ghosts. I went. I went too. I went too. Uh, you went too hot. You went too bougie. <laughs> went too bougie. Too many phantasms in the murder too house. Phantasms. <laughs> yeah, you're right, and I, I think partially it's the fact that they introduce the rubber suit like very quickly. Like mm-hmm. they move into this house, she opens a cupboard, boom, suit. She yep. doesn't question it at all. Doesn't wash it. This is a very big problem with this. <laughs> she doesn't wash it. She doesn't wash it. That yes. The, do you imagine how much sperm? He's lining that suit and she like you know just drenched in sperm i was good okay i would okay i'm not gonna unpack that but it it is 10 a.m i'm not ready to unpack that yet but uh i was gonna say sweat but you went straight down the spunk like one it's a rubber suit <laughs> like of course this gonna be like sorry <laughs> What, I, what else I was is like, that for? Sweat, like skin debris, <laughs> hair. You're like, no, spunk. It's full of spunk. It's, it's like a, covered in moisturized and sperm. You have a suit that is put on to do sex things with. <laughs> of course, there's gonna be sperm in there. But it's not like a giant condom. You don't just like collect cum in it. <laughs> Yeah, but also, like, I didn't really see where the zip was, so I don't know, like, what's happening inside okay, that of that true. suit. <laughs> the important thing is that uh, Scarlet should have detailed the fuck out of that suit before trying it on. Yeah, I would just say, in general, if a person comes across a kind of, like, sexual uh, clothing item, probably... Well, I would maybe say don't wear it, because... <laughs> Like, that's the kind of stuff that you maybe don't, like, pass on between loads of people. I don't know. You know, you don't just put, like, a rubber suit up on Depop. I don't know. Do you? Maybe. I don't know. We shall investigate and link to it. Look, even if you're so... You're so committed to wearing this rubber suit that you've just found in a cupboard. (laughs) I don't know the history of. (laughs) At least... At least hand wash it. You don't have to put it in the washing machine. Maybe it'll ruin the rubber. But yeah. Like, oh my god. <laughs> she like no hesitation whips her own clothes off and is like, yeah. <laughs> put on this random rubber suit I found. In a, sorry, I need to add in a house in which there have been is a long history of murders. So on top uh-huh. of the spun, I would like to add blood. Yeah. There's probably a ton of blood inside of that suit. Ton so. of blood, ton of blood from different people. That is very, very true. <sighs> Basically, we agree she should have washed it. She should have washed it. I will add something else that kind of started bothering me about halfway through the episodes. I want to say maybe like more on, on the second one, as this is a two-parter, is when at the beginning when Scarlet discovers the gimp suit, it's like, it feels like, oh, I mean, we know what it means as fans of the show but it is still regardless of the history of it kind of a creepy thing to find in your new house in your new room as a teenager as a teenager girl as a teenage girl 
And not only does she put it on without hesitation, but it's like that scene is kind of played out as a, like I mentioned before, a sort of moment of empowerment or discovery or something of like, ooh, she's seeing herself in this way for the very first time or something. But then a few, a bit late down the line, it's like, oh yeah, she got in trouble with her parents for watching kinky porn when she was younger to the extent that they put a child log thing and were monitoring her internet usage. Like, Wait, this this is a whole lot of context. We kind of need it because now that scene plays out in a completely different way and it feels off. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just felt... I just... <laughs> it's just... The whole thing seems odd of just like... Because it's... Sorry. It's daytime <laughs> as well. <laughs> I think it's like the whole context of the, the scene felt very odd to me because, uh-huh. like, you know, exploring your sexuality and like the boundaries of it and those kinds of things, it's like, it's not something you do like the second you just moved into your new house, like, boopity boop. You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm struggling to, <laughs> to vocalize how, why it felt weird. I, because it's like, I understand, like, I understand the narrative behind it mm-hmm. of like she she's just trying to like figure out who she is, what she likes, like what her boundaries are, and she sees this suit and it's like that's like another layer of exploration for her, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just weird how like sudden it ha- suddenly it happens. She's she doesn't really like contemplate it going, Oh, do I wanna put this on? Like, is that who I am as a person? Am I a full rubber suit kind of woman? <laughs> yeah, she's not. No, I agree with you. It's not. I don't think it's that thought out, to be honest. I don't think it's that well plotted in that regard. I think it's the hinting. And because, you know, I don't know. Shall we talk about this now? Because I think there's um. this episode comes out in an interesting cultural moment where there is a lot of conversations going on around um like king and especially teenagers and how that has been talked about and presented not just through pornography but also through like social platforms like tiktok and instagram and whatnot and how those platforms also police certain expressions of sexuality and i i kind of my instinct is that this first story is sort of saw that like saw one viral tiktok and went oh oh this could be quite cool for american horror stories and then but doesn't actually know what it's trying to say or even the questions that it's trying to ask yeah like it this is the very american horror story thing of like i do quite admire that the show is willing to talk about it like mm-hmm. it really does like go straight into the the conversation of like violent pornography yeah and like there's a scene with the the therapist and she's trying to link it to potential past trauma and it's like that's such a that's like such a big thing at the moment that always, everyone's always trying to like link it to the psychology da, da, da. but then on the flip side she's also the way that she says there's nothing weird about you it's normal you know it's a i feel like the episode was sort of offering like every 
every corner of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, it was sort of putting everything on the table, but not quite, like, coming up with a conclusion. Yeah, I think not even coming up with a conclusion. I'd say didn't even really have a thesis on on that subject. Yeah, because it's like, you have this, this teenage girl who's like, going down this she's looking at this extreme porn and da, 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 and her parents are worried which like you know i kind of get why the dads were worried because it's their daughter and and like it's kind of natural that for them to, yeah. to want to have a conversation about it i don't know whether the show was being judgmental of them um that's the thing it's like i don't know it's like the show was kind of not judgmental of anybody which is also good but also like meant that <laughs> I didn't really know what they were trying to do with it. And so you have, yeah, you have this story and then you have like her with the the rubber suit being sort of possessed by the evil spirit of the house and she yes. starts murdering people. And it's like, well, okay, but this is kind of a weird link because you are sort of both, you're both actively pushing against the idea that like watching extreme porn you know makes you a violent person which is not true mm-hmm. um but but also you're kind of indulging it by having this character who watches extreme porn killing people <laughs> so it's like i don't it was interesting and i i feel like it started getting into like the real sort of like i don't know like meat of the topic mm-hmm. and and yet it did that very American Horror Story thing of, like, just going off and doing something else instead. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hint at the topic, but I'm not actually going to explore the topic. But I'm going to put the topic in your head. Yeah, which, you know, it can be a good thing because at least maybe pe- it helps people talk about it and yeah. think about it, I- their position on it. But also, like... Mm it's a it's a it's a much deeper subject and i don't think they really um thought about that deeply but i do i do think that it is somewhat confusing as to whether scarlet is actually someone who wants to murder people because she is a baby murderer or if that's like the influence of the house and the suit in particular or if that influence is just like expanding what's already in her Oh, yeah. Well, this is the whole thing with Murder House. Mm-hmm. This is the thing with Tate, is that it's never really clear Yeah, how much was the house and how much was him. But that's the problem. It's like, it's almost like your conclusion on on the story is depends on how you see, how much control you see the house having, right? Mm. Because either the house just sort of like helps awaken what's already inside her, well then you're making the claim that watching extreme porn naturally leads to violence, or you're saying that the house just completely controls her and she, that's a, you know, completely lack of free will thing, Hmm. then I don't don't know what you're saying, but (laughs) (laughs) some people got murdered. (laughs) So... What do you think about the characters in this story? I guess specifically Scarlet and her parents who Sorry, I just need to I just need to say this. 
the way I screamed at the TV when Matt Bomer showed up. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. But yes, what did you think of Scarlett and, and her dads? I love the dads. I love the dads. I love the dads. They seem... Well, this is the weird thing with the opening episode is that the dads seem so cool and nice. Yeah. And super chill. But she's getting, giving off very strong Lydia Dietz vibes. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't quite... Like, it doesn't quite connect well like i your guess parents are so cool why are you so mad at them <laughs> well i guess everybody has that vibe sometimes with their parents and she's a teenager and she's just moved house and she's been bullied at school i mean she's got the same kind of violet vibes in many ways except her parents are not annoying yeah i guess so oh my God. i just think they're cool and i like i don't, would like them to be my dads i would love to be adopted by those dads or by Matt Bomer in real life as well. I volunteer um, to be adopted by him. I know I'm an adult woman, but you know what? It, it doesn't matter. I'd, I'd be, <laughs> I'd happily be adopted by Bomer. Look, they can, they'll make it, they'll make it work it out somehow. <laughs> they make exceptions. And then what did you make of the, well, I guess we spend most of the time in the house. So what did you make of the new, the new ghosts? Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is savage. That is a very savage. (sighs) Some of them them are really fun. I feel like we got a little less of the variety (laughs) as we did in the previous murder house. It was like people for decades and it's getting crazy. Um, I mean, which ghosts in particular? Because there's quite a few. I mean, because we... uh, Basically, all the new ghosts in this episode are like very hot LA people. Yes, that is very true. I think my favorite one was a contractor. <laughs> okay, can we talk about So do you know who Aaron TV is? No. Tell me. Did you watch the Oh, this is the worst example, but did you watch the Les Misérables the Tom Hooper? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. He was on Relas in that. He's like this incredible Broadway star, has this incredible voice. I love his voice. Wait, 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 wait. Voice. Who did he play in Les Mis? En Relas, the, the I don't, guy I don't who's remember like any Marius's other names. friend. The guy who's oh. Marius's friend. Who's, who's like always teasing him. And he's kind of like the biggest revolutionary of the group. Oh, was that the biggest revolutionary? And he's got that blonde hair. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh my god, oh my god, that's him. I didn't. That I didn't. Rem- that's him. I didn't remember his name, his character's name. But once you mentioned the hair, I instantly knew who you were talking about. That's him. That's the same person. <laughs> oh my! And like, I totally did not recognize him. Holy shit! He's he's so hot. <laughs> Hot in Lemis, he was even hotter here. He's great, and and he was he originated the um oh my god what's that the Leonardo DiCaprio role in Catch Me If You Can the musical, mm. <laughs> and he also originated the role of Christian in the Moulin Rouge musical. But that musical is awful. But he was great in it. <laughs> like he's great. He's like a really really big Broadway guy, and uh-huh. so I'm absolutely over the moon and delighted that he's joined the american horror story family <gasps> welcome sir welcome sir please come back anytime <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe i didn't recognize him 
Well, he did. Yeah, they gave him like a like a goatee and yeah, and dark hair. Yeah, well, oh I think he's God. got sort of that hair normally. But yeah, I never. I think I'd only like remember him visually from Les Mis. So it's like, oh, blonde, sort of wavy, wavy hair. Oh my God. Okay, so tell tell me more about your thoughts about the contractor and Aaron. Well, like the whole thing, I was scrubbing. I was like, I can't believe they cast him as this role. <laughs> with the goatee and and when he said you're gonna have to go to home depot and pick up some lime bitch (laughs) (laughs) like my brain exploded because you know he's the guy from the catch me if you can musical i don't does not compute (laughs) oh my Um, god i did enjoy like i loved his character and i loved how like they've found so many opportunities for like that you're gonna have to go to home depot and pick up some line bitch like the classic like american horror story like dunk lines <laughs> yes i thought i liked them the best because he was the one who seemed to be having the most fun knowing what universe he was in because everyone else yes. kind of struck me as i mean you know i will never shade bomer bomer is excellent as always but obviously he knows what universe he's in but um I think the teenage characters, the the te- the younger actors, kind of were a little bit too serious, a little bit too CW drama. But he clearly was like, "This is a fucking bunkers. I'm gonna play a hot contractor. I'm gonna kill a bunch of people at the drop of the dime, and I'm gonna say some really fun lines, and I'm gonna like enjoy just nibbling at the scenery." Yeah, when he killed the his other like employee guy, mm-hmm. that was a that was a great the moment. The look on his face <laughs> was like terrifying and very funny at the same time. <laughs> it sort of was giving off like light dandy mop vibes. Yes, but also like in a kind of self aware like, oh yes, I know I've just literally murdered a dude in front of you, but I'm still hot. You'd still do me. I know you'd still do yeah. me. Let's discuss. Well, I feel like Aaron Tveit, like he did his homework. If he was not already a a watcher of American Horror Story, uh-huh. I feel like he went back and he watched Freak Show, and it's like it was taking notes. I love that, Aaron. How do you pronounce the surname? I think it's Tveit. I don't really know because I'm not. I'm like I like Broadway stuff, but I'm not that into Broadway. So I don't really know how to say it. <laughs> I, let's let's go with Tveit. I I'm really excited by the idea that Aaron Tveit would go back to watch Freak Show and take notes on Finn Red Rock's performance. I get that vibe from him. He seems quite serious and like committed to his work, which I appreciate. Good. Good. I like this. I want them, in, I want them to be in American Horror Story together. Yeah, I really, I genuinely hope they bring him back because this is such a great addition to, to the AHS universe. And I'm very happy that Ryan Murphy invited him. <laughs> and do we want to talk about any of the other kind of characters, performances that we get in these first two episodes? There's quite a lot of teen girls, aside from Scarlet. Yes. Um, well, we've got, like, Maya, played by Paris Jackson, who's, like, the main, the Regina George, let's say. Yes. Of this episode. 
Who does... I, was, I think I like. I quite liked her performance. I thought she was good. Yeah, I mean, she's got that Mean Girl vibe kind of down to a T. Um, and she does something truly heinous with Scarlet, which does like feel so mean spirited and so spiteful and so evil. So I did like, in terms of um, intensity of a prank, that felt very, very mean. And I think what I liked about her performance is that she did that sort of like fake nice stuff so well that Mm -hmm. you could see like you could see it coming. Right? Yeah. Did you guess that? Because I kind of was like, I don't trust this. I don't trust this girl. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't trust anyone, but like, I don't think I think I was going into it. So I didn't even watch the trailer. I didn't even watch the trailer in advance of this. I was like, I just want to go in completely as blind as possible, which I know is going to be hard. But um, so I was like, ooh, Maya, Maya. Okay. Do I trust her? No, I don't trust anyone. But I didn't expect her to be live streaming everything. I think it's the, the, the way that she delivered certain lines and the way she did that incredible thing of like tilting her head slightly, being like, Oh, is this not okay? You know? Mm. It's the mean girl head tilt. <laughs> the mean girl head tilt. <gasps> it's an art. And she she did it well. She understood she uh, she probably knows some mean girls, Paris Jackson, and she was probably drawing from them. <laughs> Good for her. Um I will say though that there was someone who really uh, I I really didn't like. I really wanted to like the character, but there was like barely a trace of a character. Was um, Kaya Gerber as Ruby, the like the ghost girlfriend that Scarlet gets, who's like supposed it's kind of presented as a sort of Tate Light, um, like Tate this Tate fr- Light, yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> that was zero fat. <laughs> and zero percent sugars zero character development zero uh backstory that makes sense it's like for some reason like she appears and suddenly they're taking a bath together and she's telling scarlet all her like traumatic backstory and then she's like i killed myself here and now i am obsessed and in love with you and i will kill your family to keep you here forever Again, like with the rubber suit, she was introduced like very suddenly. This mm-hmm. is the opening of the second episode as they're in the bathtub and she's telling the story. And I, for a second, I was like, did I miss something? Like, who is she? <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Exactly the same. And uh, also that moment when they when they do go out on Halloween night and they go to see this like uh, performance and she's suddenly like, Ruby, you're the love of my life. I was like, wait, what? What? What are you talking about? Where did this I come from? Guess they've been dating for I mean dating they're trapped in a murder house together. <laughs> I mean we've all been trapped in murder houses together for the past year and a half. I cuz I think we're meant to have like a suggestion that there's more history to this relationship. Yeah, but we but... don't we don't see it though. So yeah, it's a very odd character and and like it's again this it's a similar thing of like she tells this whole story about being abused as a child and then it's like oh yeah and also I'm like a murderer. It's like are you trying to make a link between the two? 
Yeah. Because uh, that's, I mean, you know, not great territory to get into. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think there's that much meat on the bone of the characters to even get into, like, too many debates about them, to be frank. What do you think? The one thing I, I liked is right at the very end of the second episode, where they're all arguing in the they're in the haunted house mm-hmm. they're all just like yelling at each other and it felt like the way it was written I was like oh this really does feel like an argument between girls but they just all have knives <laughs> <laughs> you know it was like mean girls but all the characters if all the characters had knives but they also the do- they also don't know how to wield the knives like that's the thing where I lost um kind of respect for them where I was like Ruby babes you're talking a big game but you're holding the knife really wrong. Like, you're pointing it somewhere behind you when you're trying to uh, menace the person in front of you. It's like, how is that? What have you? What are you doing? Are you supposed to be scary? <laughs> you're just tall. That's not scary. Uh, it's a real tiny little knife as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, compared to sorry, at the very end, the very last shot when yes. she goes to get the uncle, and she brings out a comically large hammer. <laughs> that is a that is a cool image, though. <laughs> a I will give her that prop hammer. Yeah. Like, I don't, it looked really fake. Like I know there are large hammers. <laughs> it looked like Thor's hammer. Yes, like, she got Mjolnir out. And she was just gonna wail on this guy. <laughs> It really made me laugh. I don't know why. Oh my god! So shall we? Shall we talk about the ending? What did you make of the way everything kind of wraps up? I kind of liked the idea that all the ghosts were now in a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. like they're making breakfast, and all the like mean girls are hanging out with the murderer girl. Mm. And, like, Adam the contractor's just, like, in his fuck room. And if you want to go say hi, <laughs> just go along. <laughs> he's over there if you just want to have sex with him. <laughs> Otherwise, he's going to mind his own business. Um, like, I, I liked that. And it felt very American Horror Story. Um, yeah, but I don't... It It didn't feel like... You know, for another chapter in the Murder House saga, I didn't feel like it It connected enough. Because at the end, I was like, but where are all the other ghosts? Well, yeah. I mean, clearly, I think we can talk about the connections with the other seasons. Because, I mean, obviously, it's it's mainly Murder House. But I did like the way that they sort of hinted at some of the other ghosts. So we got, we got to see a little glimpse of um, Bartholomew the infantata we got to see one of the nurses who was murdered um and that's about it we get a little a little glimpse of tate we don't not evan peters but we do see like a shadow of like a green sweater in the background in a scene which i think is like a little glimpse of tate still hovering around there and my favorite link though and actually, my favorite thing about the ghosts <laughs> hanging out, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's that moment where the therapist who was murdered is like so positive, so joyous. She's like, oh, 
uh, me and the other therapist is trapped here are working on a book together. I was like, you're working with Dr. Ben Harmon. I love it. I love that (laughs) moment. And I really wanted to scream on the TV and tell her, don't work with him. He's a terrible therapist. (laughs) I know. I feel like she was quite a good therapist. Yeah. A weird experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Finally, American Horror Story, get a get a therapist who knows what they're doing. Yeah, I like I liked all the connections and like, you know, Matt Bomer's character saw the pig man. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was like I I understand how they couldn't do it because of practical reasons. But it did feel weird at the end that like everyone who'd been murdered in that two week span (laughs) had just decided to like form a bubble. Mm -hmm. And like, why did they get to use the kitchen in the morning? Instead of, like, the Harmons or, you know, Black Dahlia. Why doesn't she get to have pancakes in the morning? It just felt really weird because, you know, the idea is that they're all together. Mm-hmm. So it's odd that there's, there's, they seem so isolated within it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I'm going to say, to be, like, very blunt and practical, scheduling reasons. Yeah, and they probably didn't want to pay for the actors to come back. Yeah, but I do like the idea that they actually do connect and they all have breakfast together. I want someone online to like make one of those little um, Last Supper paintings and illustrations <laughs> where it's just all the ghosts, as many ghosts from Murder House as possible, and they're all just having pancakes together. No. And occasionally nice. someone will be like, stop, stop, stop. And then the other person will be like, oh, for fuck's sake. It's gone. It's all mixed up with my maple syrup now. I liked that. So, wait, because that there's a nurse, right? Yeah. Was she meant to be one of the nurses? Yeah, I think so. I read okay. it that way. Because it was weird that she was just around <laughs> on her own because there were multiple nurses, right? Yeah. And she's like, thanks so much for not stabbing me recently, which I found quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> um... So, is there anything else we need to talk about? Like, because you messaged me about this. Oh <laughs> yes, I watched it. I can't like, believe I can't believe we've recorded for so long and we haven't brought up the thing <laughs> that happens in the first five minutes of this episode. Right. So they're in. They're talking about they're going to flip the murder house. Mm-hmm. The dads, the hot dads, um, and and. Um. Oh my gosh! Sorry. What was his name? The dad that's not Matt Bomer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Troy. Troy. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So so they're gonna they're gonna flip they're gonna flip the murder house. Michael and Troy. Troy. Um. Our hot dads. And um. They're telling Scarlett about like how people love love haunted houses. They love spooky stuff because. The Haunted Mansion is the seventh most popular ride at Disney. Didn't specify which park, but like <laughs> I just want to say, Troy, you're incorrect. Ooh, factually fact- incorrect. Check American Horror Story presented by Clarice Lockery. Sorry, because like the second you said it, I was like, that sounds sus. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. I don't know what the metrics he's basing that on art because they were talking about like popularity as in how much people like it there was a survey from april 
and this was Walt Disney World. But that doesn't that just means there's more rides to choose from. Yeah, yeah. Named it the second most popular Disney ride behind Space Mountain. Uh-huh. Also ahead of Pirates of the Caribbean and Avatar Flight of Passage. <laughs> <laughs> so like why would you say it's the seventh if you could say it's the second? It's the set it's like in terms of how much people like it, it is one of uh, the most absolute popular rides at Disney. If you're talking about wait times, yeah, sure, there's usually only a 10 or 15 minute wait, but that's because the ride mechanism is so efficient. <laughs> <laughs> like, Troy! <laughs> yes, they're still getting lots of people through the ride. It's just because it's a continuous track. And you're getting a lot of people on, and you're also, the queue is part of the ride, so you don't have a queue because the queue is you in the elevator. But but people think it's part of the ride, but it's part of the queue. <laughs> like, try! <laughs> that, is the most, that is the most passionate fact-checking I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> like someone's I gonna try it. and come for the Horde Mansion in that way the seventh most popular ride at Disney listen no. the minute they said that I I literally screamed your name at that TV <laughs> I do feel like Ryan Murphy maybe listens to our podcast because I have definitely gone on one of these Horde Mansion adjacent rants before listen. and it's just curious you know <laughs> it is very curious. It's very curious. So, you know, if that is in fact true, hello, Mr. Murphy. Love your work. Please Maybe hire he was us. baiting me. Because <gasps> he was like, I know that it's the second most popular <laughs> ride. <laughs> that is exactly what's happening. This is a conspiracy theory I'm willing to vouch for. That is exactly what's happening. He's baiting you. He's baiting you to DM him with your Haunted Mansion facts. Dear Ryan Murphy, <laughs> I would like to say that your most recent episode of American Horror Stories is factually inaccurate. <laughs> oh, I also want to say something else, actually. Go on. different. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher. What? Margaret Thatcher. Right, you know when they were said they said you want to get blitz on Xanax and edibles and watch The Crown. Yeah, and then two scenes later they cut to <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Gillian <laughs> <laughs> Anderson as Margaret Thatcher on The Crown, which I'm guessing they had the rights to do because of Ryan Murphy's Netflix deal. Yeah, but it's also insane that Margaret Thatcher was an American Horror Stories. <laughs> Listen, I. I, I don't think that's that insane. I think actually Margaret Thatcher eventually will get the Ryan Murphy treatment. And Mr. Murphy, if you're listening, I'm waiting. British horror stories. <gasps> Listen, we talked about this. We talked about this on this podcast. We mentioned this. If that happens, I want fucking royalties. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Someone like American moves to the UK and they live in a nice like country house, but at night Margaret Thatcher comes out of the wardrobe. <laughs> Actually, the true British horror story would be that someone American moves to London and they have to live in a London-sized apartment, which is about the size of an American closet. Yeah, this is true. Yes. 
<laughs> and actually, all the ghosts are in the weird attics that you always have in in apartments here. <laughs> just claw. Oh my god! Yeah, climb out at night. Climb into your um box sized fridge in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Oh god, what would a British horror story look like? Now I'm so intrigued. Just like <laughs> daily life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the central line at, <laughs> at peak <Yeah>. hours. <laughs> Actually you could probably do a horror story based on each one of the burrows. Yeah. You do want to brighten. It's just a really sunny day and everyone's come down from London and no one is wearing a shirt and everyone's sunburnt. <laughs> and it's there are no more ice creams. There are no more flakes. No, because they're all on the ground and the seagulls are <laughs> this, coming. Well, a Brighton horse would be like the birds, with, but with seagulls. The seagulls are not the biggest problem here, I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest problem? It's most definitely the people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely the people who are coming to visit. And there's a club here called Shush. Is that That would order? be the British horror story is a night in Shush. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else we want to mention about American Horror Stories Rubber Woman? No, I think I think I've said my piece. You said your piece, you are waiting for your royalties. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and I think that's it. We will continue to do these little bonus episodes about American Horror Stories as they come out. Um, and I'm genuinely unsure as to how many they are planning to make. Yeah, but I'm like, you know, as much as we've sort of been on the more negative side for this... I really like the concept. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for the next episode. Oh, totally. I mean, I am so into it. Like, I will still watch every single thing of it. Even if it, I, this one didn't quite gel for me, I'm like, no, I'm ready for the next one. And then one after that. Yeah, I mean, if they did, like, a full, like, more murder house, every episode was just more murder house, we'd still watch it. Yep. <laughs> We'll be back next Wednesday with our usual recap of American Horror Story Hotel. In the meantime, send us your thoughts on Twitter. Follow us on at the Next Supremes Pod and tell us what you thought of American Horror Stories. What do you think is the most popular ride at Disney? <laughs> <laughs> and if you say it's Space Mountain, you are correct. You can follow me on Twitter at Clarice Lou, and I am at Anna B. Demented, and I know absolutely nothing about theme park rides. So. You know what would be the most seventh popular ride at Disney? <laughs> what? The Haunted Mansion Holiday. Then maybe we're talking because... What is that? <sighs> okay. Oh, 